0: 30, almost 31 minutes after 11 o'clock, our Mellow Joy coffee time. A pleasure to welcome back to the show. Richard Hebert, Hebert's Garden Center, joining us on the phone today. So, again, I cannot take another call, but if you do have a question or comment for Richard, happy to take it either by email, Matters at cane1240.com or find us on Facebook, fan page Tush Matters on Twitter at Tush Matters. And uh, send us your question or comment there. But, Richard, how are you?
1: Jeff, I'm inside, so I'm doing good. There,
0: there you go. Uh, it's It's been hot. You, you notice that?
1: I did, I did notice that. My Lord. You know, last night, it was around 8 o'clock, we started to get some rain. I kind of live on the north side of town, and... uh I mean, I just couldn't, it was like, man, it's a godsend, but it didn't last very long. So I, I know, you we,
0: we went outside, we stepped outside and looked at it like it was some alien coming exactly. to the planet, you know, it was.
1: It, it, it really felt that way.
0: But anyway, we were happy to have it uh, downtown, just brief, but at least uh, a little sign.
1: Yeah, at least maybe that's, the, uh, you know, just a sign of things to come, right? That's it. So, uh, so, I think they say they said next week we got like maybe a 50% chance Tuesday or Wednesday. Tuesday
0: so. looked like the best at 40 uh, at least my uh, my source. Okay.
1: Okay. Well, we'll take it. I I know it's a uh it is the issue right now and uh uh you know, in general the plants that have been planted this year or really anything, it's 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 gotten so hot, Jeff, and so dry that basically you know, these plants are going dormant, and all they're doing is they're in survival mode. Uh, I planted some uh, some of the uh, fall tomatoes about three weeks ago, and they were about 12 inches tall, and that's what they are now. And normally, if you would be getting the rains and with the, with the moderately warm weather, you know, in the 90s, these plants would be growing leaps and bounds, uh, but because this stress point has gotten so high and so consistent, that they are saying okay i 'm shutting down everything except i'm going to survive and uh and and you know you got to water this stuff twice a day. Anything in the container or in these raised beds are really taking a lot of water and, um, and it's just uh, it's 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 hard to believe how how dry it
0: is uh, no doubt any any advice for folks
1: well in general uh you know uh when it comes to the drought and heat, you got to really watch your stuff carefully. Um, uh, it, it's almost, and I hesitate to say it because I've had a couple people come in with this problem of actually overwatering. And usually the only way you're going to overwater right now is if for some reason your ground is holding mo- moisture. So if your ground is holding moisture and you're watering every day, like everybody else, then that's going to essentially drown that plant. And it would be an unusual situation, but our soils are high in clay. So if you did plant your shrubs or whatever pretty much ground level or maybe just a little bit raised and you have a lot of clay, there is that potential. And so you've got to kind of watch it. But, but in an ordinary situation, like if your plants are in the ground, you're going to have to water them two to three times a week at this point in a raised bed or container, it's every day or twice a day. And uh, and that's just to keep things surviving. Uh, again, uh, you're not going to get a lot of growth of your shrubs and all that. It's just uh, you should hopefully a- a- avoid the situation where they're wilting. Uh, if you have established material, Jeff, I am driving around town, and I'm seeing things that I've never seen. If you go to a lot of these... Um, uh, you know, restaurants or fast food. We're seeing plants that have been in the ground for several years that are just stressed to the uh, to the limit, meaning that if they just wilting and turning yellow or brown. So you kind of need to be aware of that. We're seeing things like established lily of the Niles or Agapanthus, the ones that make the big uh, shoots that make a blue flower. Uh, we're seeing those getting stressed out, especially ones that have been transplanted this year there's not much you can do about it except mulch them really really good and do not let them dry out uh they will just essentially just melt they'll turn yellow and just melt and it's because they can't pick up the water you know uh fast enough and uh so that's kind of the issue mulching is always a big thing jeff uh, and it's very important that that uh if anything can be mulched. You mulch it like, like these. Uh, the, the people who planted the tomato plants at the time of planting, we're saying mulch them, and then about a, two or three weeks later, you want to remulch them and add more mulch to, to keep it high. What the mulch essentially does, besides keeping the weeds down, but more importantly, what it's doing now is uh, is allowing that soil temperature not to get too hot, which in turn would allow the moisture to stay longer. So when you do water the water's going to stay and you know it won't be that much of an issue uh but but mulching is is almost becoming vital at this point if you just if you just planted some some you know uh, vegetables or bedding plants and didn't put mulch down uh, you could easily get uh you know the the uh, roots getting too hot and burning and dying or or at minimum uh this the uh, the soil drying out so fast that you just can't keep up with it so I know. It's kind of critical right now. Things are going to happen fast, Jeff, and normally, you know, I have my three tiers of heat. You know, we start, start the late spring, then we get another tier in May or June, and then we get the August tier. The the difference this year is that uh, the the August tier of heat is just way over the top in terms of the temperature itself and then way over the top in terms of the longevity of the temperature and then way over the top in terms of uh, uh, it being dry. One, one thing I did uh, do note is that uh, the fig trees, if you're able to keep them watered, the figs have been very, very good, and that's in direct correspondence to uh, the, the amount of moisture in the soil, meaning that uh, they're not, the figs themselves are not diluted with water. But what we're seeing now is, is that the new, newly formed figs, because it's so hot and dry, they're not developing, and, and they're staying very, very small and just staying green. And, uh, and so that's kind of uh, that. I just got a question from a, uh, from a uh, customer. They want to know, is it too hot to plant Irish potatoes? And the, uh, the answer is no, it is not too hot. The main thing is, is that once you plant them, you want to water them really good every day. And then once they start to sprout, it may be a little early, although middle of August is is correct. But if you're in a rush to plant them, you have another two, three, four weeks to plant them. The biggest thing with Irish potatoes that is different from the spring is that you do not cut them. You plant them whole in the, in the fall. So uh, so that's, that's kind of the do's and don't. We kind of talked about that last week. So was, and that's,
0: that's, one of the, that's any fall, not just because it's been really hot this year.
1: That's true. That's true. Uh, when it comes to potatoes, it's any, in the fall when you plant them, uh, you gotta plant them whole. And that's really in direct correlation to the fact that the, the soil is full of bacteria and bugs and, and you, you put an exposed plant in it, then it's an issue. Well, one side note with that, uh, you know, a lot of people are coming in saying how much they're struggling with their vegetable plants right now, but the ones that are doing the best, or the ones that we talk about all the time, Jeff, and the big one is okra, and we always say how okra likes it hot and dry. Well, this is their weather, and and actually they're doing very well now. You, you still need to give them some moisture, and uh, that helps. But the fact that it's hot and dry is much better than if it's mild and wet. So the okra are doing really well. The 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 uh, the southern peas, such as Crowder, Purple Hull. Dixie leaves, black eyes, all those will do extremely well. And and the big reason why these will do well is that, uh, you know how we talk, like when temperatures get hot, the pollination is kind of screwed up on things like tomatoes and cucumbers. Well, with the southern peas, it is not. They will pollinate with no problems, even in this extreme heat. And so, you know, that's two big ones that have uh, actually functioned well. So that may be something for the new normal, uh, and you can plant, you know, okra. People think, you know, you know, you plant okra in the spring, and and that's it. No, you could actually plant okra till the middle of middle of the summer, and and they will grow extremely fast, you know, and, and and so it's one you can plant. And and peas, you can still plant the southern peas now. It's a great cover crop. They will produce the peas, and uh, you know, if you're not going to plant a fall garden. Man, the, you know, those peas are a great one to plant because it'll cover your ground, keep the weeds down, and, uh, and then you can just till that in, and so it's great organic matter. So just kind of a side note on that. Uh, when it comes to the heat, another issue we're seeing is uh, a, a pretty good amount of ants moving around and actually getting into the house. And that's in correlation with the dry weather. You, you'll start to see a lot of things moving around, such as the lizards and things like that moving around. They're just looking for moisture. And so, if the ant can find a way to get in the house, uh, they will they will get there. But but so what you want to do there is if if you didn't get them, you can broadcast granules and and broadcast it around the house to prevent them from getting in. They'll die before they get in. And uh, but there are a lot of the insects are moving around just looking for moisture. We talked about in the past about the the lawns drying out. Yes, that's happening. Chinch chinch bugs are attacking uh, the grass. So if you can broadcast or spray a liquid to kind of kill them, you want to take care of that, and you're still going to need to uh, water. You know, watering, I'm starting to see a lot of, of uh, brown grass uh, lawns out there, and so just kind of uh, if you could do it once or twice a week and do deep watering it 's going to be real important. I know, you know I would say what cost of water is true, but also you know resoing is going to be an issue, but uh, just kind of watch for that, and maybe we 'll get some rain next week and 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 good things will happen. Another one in the landscape that i 'm seeing problems with, which is not necessarily normal, but normal when, when it gets this hot and this dry is monkey grass. Now, Jeff, monkey grass is a very common uh, uh, plant that's uh, that's in the ground. It gets about 12 to 18 inches tall, and uh, and it does. It's uh, it, it is a it's turning brown. So you have a beautiful area of monkey grass, and all of a sudden you see a section of it turn brown. What you want to start doing is water that monkey grass, preferably early in the morning. Soak the heck out of it two or three times a week to we get to a better weather situation because I'm seeing a lot of that, and people are coming in a lot of that. Yeah, I've just seen it, a, too, and
0: it really surprised me. I, I thought it was just more resilient than that.
1: Right, it, and you're right. And up till four or five years ago when I started seeing this, I would have told you the same thing. But it's very common when it gets this hot and this dry. So kind of look out for your monkey grass and watering it. Just had a customer bring in a... Uh, uh, a photo of one of their Japanese boxwoods that basically uh, is perfectly green and has about 20% of it that is dying back. And that's one of two things. It looks like to me it is a virus that has been attacking uh, boxwoods over the last four or five years. The Extension Service knows about it and um, it is it is an issue. All you can do there is to Cut the browning out and see what happens. You don't want to do any fertilization right now. Um, you really don't even want to cut them back. So just cut the brown part out start keeping it and start watering it. And then you may have to come back in a uh, uh, in the fall and there's a chemical you can spray to maybe slow it down if it is root rot. But as of right now, you would just cut the brown out, start watering it about twice a week, deep watering. And then hopefully that will stop it. But any time you see it brown, cut it out. Also, because it is a virus, you can transport it uh, by cutting into the virus wood and then go cutting it somewhere else. So what you want to dip, dip your, your hand pruners in about a 10% water solution of Clorox to water. And every time you make a cut, cut it with the clean Clorox, dip it, and then you can go cut again. and then And then see what happens. But that's becoming more common. Jeff and I think that's that's in direct relation to uh, the climate change. With the uh, with we're just not getting the sustained cold we used to. So more viruses are overwintering, and and, and sugarcane farmers will tell you the same thing. Uh, more things are are you know are kind of not not uh, not either going dormant or dying back at all. So that's becoming a uh, an issue. One thing I do want to kind of mention too is it, when it comes to uh, in general, insecticides. Um, you, you know, and we just talked about spraying, uh, you know, spraying for ants, spraying for chicks, bugs. And just just a note, you know, we try to tell all our customers this when they purchase a insecticide or a fungicide that needs to be mixed with water and sprayed. So basically it's a concentrate. So what you do there is once it is mixed with water, every hour it stays mixed, mixed with water and not utilized it breaks down. It, depending on the chemical, let's say you mix with water an hour later, you go spray it. It may, it may break down to uh, you know 10% of its uh, strength is broken down. Every more hour, it may break down another 10%. So if it stays mixed with water for five, six, seven, eight hours, you may be just spraying water that's, that's, that's white, that's colored with the chemical, but there's no strength left. And that's called the half-life. So it's really important that when you do use an insecticide, and, and the reason I bring it up is a customer came in and said, you know, he had sprayed uh, a chemical uh, with it, and then he repeated the spraying three or four days later. And I asked him, okay, did you repeat the spraying with the same solution that you had? He said, oh yeah, I just left it long. And and so you can't do that. Once it is mixed with water, you want to use it really within the first hour. Now, not to say that if it you know two or three hours it would be perfectly bad if you kind of keep that in mind, that'll help you out. So you don't want to over-mix when you start spraying. You know, when you spray your tomatoes or your cabbage with a chemical and you say, okay, I have a gallon, I sprayed it, I have a half a gallon left, you're really going to either have to use it or discard it. And then remember next time you spray that you only needed a half a gallon and just mix what you're going to use. And that's true when it comes to spraying for ants and when it's coming from uh, uh, spraying for really any chemical that's being mixed, that's an insecticide or a fungicide. Herbicides are a little bit different. They don't break down, or for the most part, they don't break down. And so that's not as critical as it is with insecticides and fungicides. One other insect that we're finding is becoming more prevalent right now is fleas, Jeff. And kind of surprises me, but you know, hot temperatures, they will multiply. And uh, you know, you know, one mistake people make is that when you attack fleas, you gotta, you, know, you, you gotta attack them outside, but you also gotta attack them inside. But when it comes to outside, you know, we have a lot of chemicals, Jeff, that you're gonna actually take and you're gonna spray in the lawn in the uh, lawn itself. When it's so dry, the fleas are way deep in the soil. So two things gotta have gonna have happen when you spray the chemical. Outside, You're either going to have to spray the chemical and use a lot more than you need to because you're going to have to soak it in the soil or you water real good so that the soil is pretty much saturated with water and then you spray the chemical. That will allow you to use less chemical and you're going to get a better kill rate because the fleas themselves are going to be more uh, on, on the soil surface as opposed to deep in the ground. The other thing you've got to watch out for when spraying any chemical outside is realize that the sunlight will break the chemical down. So if you go out there at high noon and you spray for fleas, for example, in the lawn, um, the sunlight will immediately start to break it down, as opposed to spraying it later in the afternoon, i say maybe after 6 o'clock, where, yeah, it's still some sunlight, but it's not as intense. And it 's not as uh the length of time that the sun out is not, so it's always a good idea uh when spraying chemicals is to do it later in the afternoon, especially this time of year, with the sunlight being as intense as it is, and that way the chemical will be basically at full strength for six or eight hours and and then we'll start to break down the next day. Well say, oh, it only lasts one day, well, yeah, maybe so uh however uh you will get a much, much better kill rate. And remember, as we've talked about before, when it comes to longevity, granules are going to last longer, but the liquid insecticides are going to give you a quicker kill. So some people will do it in combination. They'll put the granule out first, and then they'll put the liquid on top, especially when it comes to fleas, Jeff, because they do have a tendency to, you know, you kill them, and then the eggs will hatch three or four days later and multiply again. If you have the granules there, you'll you'll get a much better longevity kill rate and it'll help you. But, you know, so there's a few of the normal things that are giving us issues. Believe it or not, Jeff, we're not having as many problems with weeds, and it's, this is very normal, and that's strictly, that's in direct correlation with the moisture. Uh, you know, you know uh, with, with nothing's growing rapidly right now. Yes, the weeds are there, and they show themselves better than they will, uh, you know, the St. Augustine because they'll shoot those seed spikes but they're not uh they're not multiplying as fast. Uh but the only one that I know is kind of still growing but not as not as much one called chamber bitter and it is one that that can obviously take the heat and can come up and dry salt, but even that is not multiplying as fast. So that's a good a good thing is that we get less weeds but everything else is uh is struggling uh, you know pretty pretty uh pretty immensely with the uh given the harsh conditions Someone came in uh, uh, this week also with a plant called a peace lily or a spathophyllum or a closet plant. Uh, it's an indoor plant. Uh, most people would know it as a peace lily, but some people call it the closet plant. And it's a, a bigly plant, uh, uh, and it's mainly noted for the green leaves, but it also shoots a yellow – I'm sorry, a white flower. But it's an interior plant. Well, he had it uh, – he had it near uh, in the in inside uh near a window and um excuse me one second i have a customer in here saying they are trying to kill white moths on arbor arborvitae yeah and um uh, and that's and that's another one we're not seeing too much and uh what you want to do is mix it uh, mix chemicals with water and actually spray it in the arborvitae itself we got to watch for it. There's also a mite that kills the arborvitaes, but it's a, uh, it's it's harder to control. And um, and but when it gets hot and dry, these mites are pretty prolific, and you and and they will just eat up the tree. And they'll also uh, get into Italian cypress, which is another common tree where you see this browning. And you want to kind of spray for that. It's a little mite. It's almost you can't see it by the naked eye, but it'll it'll attack them. Uh, but getting back to the, uh, peace lily, the, uh, so the peace lily, uh, it burnt back because it was getting too much sun. And that's the reason they call it the closet plant because it takes very little sun. It, they say you can put it in the closet. It'll still do fine, but it does take a lot less light. And, and with the light as intense as it is right now, it burned back. And so I told him what you could do is just cut it back, fertilize it and assuming that it didn't get too bad, uh, uh, it'll, it'll be fine. And then, um, uh, and just water it, put Osmocote in it, and in about another, uh, I'd say, two to three weeks, it should start to leaf out. Again, do not let it dry out. And obviously put it in the shade and water it as needed. But at this point in time, if you're going to put it outside of the shade, you should have to water it every day. And um, other than that, Jeff, we're waiting. You know, Normally we'd have cabbage and broccoli and cauliflower and all that, but we're waiting. It's just too intense. But if we start to get a little moisture, and not so much uh, a cool front, but maybe a not as hot hot front, and uh, then we'll be uh, we'll be happy with that, and, and we'll start bringing in uh, some of the stuff. I talked to one of my growers today, Jeff, and this is the first time I've seen this since since I've been in, doing business, and uh, he grows garden mums. He might grow ten thousand garden and he said that it's not the dry weather but because the heat has been so intense that these mums have basically gone dormant and are not growing at all and and he just doesn't know if or when they're going to mature the problem with garden mums is that they're going to they're going to bloom by a number of days and so what he's saying is that if If the temperatures don't subside soon, what's going to happen to this plant is that eventually it's going to bloom. But they may be so small that they're going to make just a few sporadic flowers and then bloom, as opposed to having a a bloom head that's maybe 18 inches across full of maybe 100 buds. He may have a plant that's six inches across with 10 buds in it, which would mean basically a crop fade because you can't sell that. And he said he'd never seen that before. And, uh, and, and so just, just kind of think, things are changing, and we're just going to maybe have to adjust. He said, he said to me, he said, we're also seeing things in the greenhouse that are reacting differently. And if this is a new norm, then this is going to change on what they grow and, and when they grow it.
0: Understood. Anything else uh, you wanted to share today?
1: Jeff, I think that's it. We're just going to uh, hopefully we get a decent amount of rain Tuesday and Wednesday. I know the farm is water. I know they plant, but I know they need that rain.
0: Absolutely. Richard, always a pleasure. Appreciate you joining us uh, in or out of the studio. Uh, appreciate the effort, and we'll uh, look forward to the next time.
1: Thank you, Jeff.
0: You bet. Again, Richard A. Bear's Hebert, Garden Center. Find him at the corner of West St. Peter and Hopkins Street.